0: All right, so we're talking about undo. We started this sermon series last week, and we were really talking about those things. You know, we've all had those situations in life where we just wish we could undo. Do we not? Decisions we made, Lord, if I could go back in time, I would do some things a lot differently. Have you ever thought about, I wish I was like right out of high school again, knowing the things that I know now, I'd be a billionaire. Anybody ever thought that before? That, my goodness, he's, he's like 10 years old and he's like, I've got some things I need to, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Right. But we all have those things that we could look back and just go, man, if I could just go back in time and make some decisions differently, I, you know, life would have been a lot easier to where, you know, to get to where I am today. You know, I know I could do that in my own life, you know. And, and last week, we really looked at spiritual indifference. We were taking a look at some things that we could, um, what would Jesus want to undo in our life, right? Maybe, I, I hope this week that you kind of challenge yourself like that. Kind of looking at your decision making, kind of looking at where you are right now in life and go, I wonder if there's some stuff that Jesus would like to undo within me. I told you guys a story last week about my little guy Carter and Caden and they attend Wednesday night kids with Stacey Silverman does a bang up job for them. And I'm so thankful for her. And uh, she challenged them with a memory verse and said, uh, you know, hey, guys, you, you learn your memory verse all the whole class. I'm going to throw you a big pizza party and we're going to do it up big. Right. You know, you got to bribe people, don't you? Right. Sometimes we got to bribe you just to get you here. I got donuts and coffee out there. Hello. That's <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And uh, not really, but yeah, kind of, you know. And it's actually for me, I enjoy it more, OK? No. But um, so last week, or the week before, you know, I'm sitting there and looking at their memory verse, and, and Carter says, "Dad, we, we, you know, we're supposed to go over that memory verse so that we can have our party." And I had so many things going on in that moment, and I went, "You know what? I don't have time for it right now. We'll get to it later." How many knows later just never really happens? Does it? Later sometimes just does not happen. Well, did I not get a rude awakening that next Wednesday when after church was over, Stacy, the wonderful teacher that, bless her, she takes care of our kids on Wednesday nights, comes out to me and says, Pastor, I got to tell on you. Actually, you've been told on. I'm going to tell you what's been told on you. And when I asked the kids, did you do your memory verse? Your son says, well, my dad said he didn't have time to read the Bible with me. Man, if I could undo, right? Go back in time and undo. Needless to say, this week we worked on the memory verse. We don't have it down yet, but we're getting there, all right? There's my correction. Thank you. But anyway, so we all have different things that we would like to do or rather undo within our lives. There's things that, you know, we we can take a look and kind of question ourselves. What would Jesus like to undo with me? You know, and and we've all probably got a grocery list of items that if we really looked hard enough about it, we could see these things within our lives that Jesus more than likely would like to undo within us. But something that I believe, which is a behavior and an attitude that more than likely Jesus despises, and listen, it runs rampant within the family of God, within the church, And that is simply this one term, and I don't even like to hear it. I don't even like to say it. Here's what it is, hypocrisy. Those, what is that? Those who are claiming one thing, but then live in a completely different way. Instantly, people come to your mind. Does your lone life come to your mind? Think about that for a moment. I want us to ease obviously into this subject matter this morning because it's a little touchy and it's not easy for us to see it within our own lives. It's very, watch, it's extremely easy to see in other people. You know, it's extremely easy to see the hypocrisy in everyone else's life. Oh, well, do you know what they did? They proclaimed this, but they're living this. We've been there, haven't we? We've been on both sides of that. It's easy. Uh, to, to see the hypocrisy in people's lives, it's easy to look at, to finger point, and typically we do that simply to get our own conscience clear of ourselves in looking at other people's faults. We like to find, we're, we're, we're kind of like fault finders. We want to see where people's messing up, so then hopefully it's much larger than how we are messing up, for the simple reason we can feel better about us. Some of you know that firsthand within your life. Someone that maybe you looked up to spiritually. They said one thing, but they've done something totally different. It can become very painful for us, painful for you. They're representing the church, the body of Christ, but then living a different life away from maybe in a gathering Such as this. Many people walk away from God. Because of this. I've heard many people say it before. I can't. That that church. They're full of hypocrites. I can't be a part of that. And truly what that really becomes. Is a generalization. To where in many minds. It becomes the entire church. As a whole. Well my goal today. Today is for you and I to be able to recognize not the hypocrisy in people's lives, but the hypocrisy within your own life. Because I truly believe that the only way that this situation or problem can be resolved within our society must first happen within us. We must be willing enough, brave enough, courageous enough, To look at ourselves and go, God, show me what is wrong. Show me where I may be living a hypocrite life or a life of hypocrisy. So what we're going to do today is we're going to build a foundation in understanding what is hypocrisy. But to do that, we need to first see what it is not. And here you go. You have your notes. You can start here. Hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. Try to understand this for a second. It's not the difference between how we behave and how we wish we behave, right? In other words, I wish I didn't have bad thoughts. I wish I didn't allow myself to be involved in such and such environment that causes me simply this, to sin, that causes me to fall. You know, um, I wish that I I didn't allow myself to get sucked into conversations that were not God-centered. I wish that I did not allow myself to be developed into relationships that maybe God never intended me to be developed into. Okay? I wish I was able to control myself to the point that I would not take such things that harm the temple or the body of which God has given me. Now, what I'm getting there is this understanding when you can recognize your sin, that is not hypocrisy. It's when you can't recognize your own sin. But you are recognizing the sin within everyone else, or rather, let's just generalize it this way, others around you. Because look, I have things within my life that I wish I didn't have. We all do. Paul clearly writes in the New Testament of this type of attitude. He's like, and I'm just generalizing his statement here, but he goes, What? He says, There's things in my life that I wish I wouldn't do, but for some reason, I just keep doing them. And what? It becomes hard, does it not? So hypocrisy is not us labeling ourselves with difficulties that we go through. That's not, in fact, that should be encouraging. You should be encouraged to understand that you can see the fault within yourself. Because watch this. If you can see it, do you not think others can't? And they probably can see it even more so. Can they not? Why? Because we're so quick and easy at what? Pointing the finger except here. So when the real problem is, it's not... That you're recognizing the sin within your life. The problem is is that you're so fixated on the lives of others. And you're not worried about yourself. So here's what hypocrisy is. It is the gap between what we show and who we are. What we show and how we are living. It's the difference between what? The public persona, here you go, and your private character. You can show one thing outwardly, but how are you living it when no one else is looking? Because watch this. It doesn't matter what everyone else is thinking about me. What truly matters is what God is seeing of me. Eventually, the things that you're hiding are what? Going to come out. And what will they become? Exposed. My prayer, my hope, is that we can get to the place, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, I'm sorry. But we can get to the place where we are not fixated on everyone else's problems and faults. But that we can get to the place where we can go, Lord, this is me. This is what I'm not liking. And God, this must change within me. What? I can no longer continue to live like this. There needs to, and I mentioned this last week. There must come a place within inside of our lives that our conscious and guilt actually come to play again that we are not allowing the society around us to no longer numb us from the things that once bothered us that were against what God's word why because now it's been socially accepted It's been labeled as it's okay. You know, I mentioned here a few minutes ago that I absolutely love hearing those older hymns because it allows me to reflect. I remember sitting there and and hearing those songs and reflecting as a child, going to church. And it it would be those old, remember those old wooden, there was no pads on them back then either. Hardwood floor. I remember my dad had a church one time. It was hardwood floors. It was wooden pews. And they were like, sh- there was no like lounging. It was like, like it was designed for you not to fall asleep in church. You know what i maybe I see some of you sometimes, right? That's cool. That's cool. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember there was a... In this church, there was an old kerosene heater, boom, right here, so everybody could stay warm. And in the summer, there was no AC. I feel like I was born in like the 20s or something here. <laughs> Golly day. There was no AC in it. So in the summertime, that would be out of the room, and all the windows would be up, and just sweat, just pouring, just pouring. Does anybody remember those days back in church, right? And, and I remember, man, those were some movements of God sometimes. You know, there were some movements where people were like, wrong is wrong and right is right, but now wrong is who knows what it is and who knows what right is anymore. I'm not trying to preach hard. I'm just trying to give you the truth. We have become so numb to it. And the reason I truly believe is, is because we're so blind to our own faults and mistakes and failures and shortcomings. Because we don't, it becomes all psychological. We want to live the better life. We want to feel great about ourselves. Let's look beyond what is going on within us that's wrong and trying to correct it. Let's see what's going on in everyone else's life. Again, why? So that I can feel better about me. Mm. Titus 1 and 16 Says this, they claim to know God. What does that mean? Well, they show it or they try to show it. So they claim to know God, but their actions, the way they live, they actually deny Him. Jesus talked about hypocrisy and what hypocrisy was. He said, Anytime you're going to be seen, And it's all about me. I'm going to be generous. When we are focused upon that, that is something that could be labeled as what? Hypocrisy. Whenever we're praying to be heard, you know, the Pharisees were guilty of that. They were literally, they would stand on the street corners uh, and and, and just begin to shout. And I hate to say it this way, but obnoxiously, For the simple reasoning of this, so that it could be seen and heard and labeled as to be one that is such as holy. To be above rapport, to be above everyone else. And and what we sometimes as a church can fall guilty of such things. When we're in an act of worship, we're doing something so what others around us can see. Well, I don't want to be I don't want anyone to look at me and, and go, well, they must be having a bad day today. So I just need to, to, to just oh. If you're gonna do the oh, let's be real about it. Let's do it right. I want that. I want that inside of you. I don't want us to be labeled as one who is doing it out of an outward appearance so others can think we are better than what we truly are. I believe that we should come to Jesus as what? As I am. Lord, here I am with all my faults, my shortcomings, my mistakes. I am imperfect. There's thoughts that go through me that are wrong. There's language that comes from my mouth that is inappropriate. There's actions that may not line up with God's word. God, here I am. I am broken vessel. You are the potter, I am the clay. At any moment, Lord, you can begin anew and afresh with inside of me. So, God, let's do this. Let's move again, Lord, inside of my life. Reform me into what you want me to be rather than trying to super glue me back together. Because all you can what see is what? The cracks. Are still there. And those weak points. Are still there. We've got to get to the place. God undo this hypocrisy. With inside of me. Change me. Mold me back Lord. Into what you purposed me for. I love it because we can, we know this. We know this with. All throughout scripture. Before. You were Ever made God knew who you were and he destined a will and a purpose and a plan for your life so who are you to disrupt what God intends to do God take me as I am and then fix me back into how you want me to be change this brokenness heal these cracks start over again remold me Lord In Matthew's gospel, Matthew 23, Jesus <clears throat> says again and again, woe to you who live this type of life. And let's take a look at verse 27. He says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you what? Hypocrites. In other words, you're playing this. You're playing actors. You are like whitewashed tombs who look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full. Full of what? On sorts of go- ungodly things, right? You're full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, he says, on the outside, you appear righteous to everyone else or everybody else. In other words, what is happening? You're pretty much what? Putting on a show. I want to say, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now watch what, what Jesus has to say. He says, you snakes, you brought of vipers. Then he asks us, how will you escape being condemned to hell? So what is this hypocrisy? What is a hypocrite? It's one who wants to look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're so very much far from God. We want the illusion. We want the public acknowledgement. But inwardly, we're continually full of the private issues. So what would Jesus undo? in our lives if he could undo within us we last week we looked at the spiritual indifference the mediocrity this week we're looking at what he would like to undo that spirit of hypocrisy within us you know jesus said how will you escape being condemned to hell my goal is that you are a bit uncomfortable this morning Because that would be a good thing. Why is it uncomfortable sometimes to hear the message of God? Why is it uncomfortable uncomfortable for us sometimes to hear what God is speaking to us through the scripture? I truly believe this. When we become uncomfortable, that is when God's spirit or his Holy Spirit begins to work in us. Begins to check us. Begins to say, whoa, whoa. Something here's not right. Something here needs to give. Well, you, you need to, there's something you need to turn from. There's something going on that's, that maybe you don't see the destruction in it right now. But how many know that God sees way long before we ever get to? And he sees it. So what, what, what is God wanting to do for us? He's wanting to take this spirit, he's wanting to take this attitude, he's wanting to take this mindset and do what? He wants to be the potter and take the clay and to begin to reform it and to make it into what his intention was to start with. Mm. So what I want you to see is that there is hope for us. Going on within the scripture, I think I have, uh, it says, verse 25 and verse 26. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrite. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish. But watch this. But the inside, they're full of what? Greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, what? First clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will be clean. What does that mean to us? What is God trying to say? Before anything can outwardly be changed within your life, you first must allow it to begin inside. It's kind of like putting the, the cart before the horse. We want that outward appearance changed right away. And practically, we ignore what is happening inside of us. Why? So that we can look the role or so that we can look good, or it's even trickery within our minds so that we can feel better about ourselves. And look, I I want us all to be able to look at our lives and go, I'm living right for the Lord. I'm doing things the way I should be doing it. I'm making the right ways. I'm making the right decisions. I'm doing the right stuff. But first, it must happen here. If all we're doing is changing on the outside but nothing is happening with on the inside, I guarantee you whatever once was ailing you and causing problem and mishap will return again. But and watch this, and you will not be prepared spiritually to come to combat that. You will become weak. And what will happen? you will fall right back into the lifestyle or you will fall right back into the same things again and again and again. It's that what? Habitual sin. It's those things that cause us to trip up. It's those things that you don't like about yourself. It's those things that if I said, write down everything you would like to change about you, it would be at the top of your list. Maybe you wouldn't admit it, but it's there. And what is God saying through the scriptures? He's saying, look, before anything can be changed on the outside, it must first come here. Now, that is not to say that you will not still get tempted and struggle with and fight over those same habitual things. Because, watch, the enemy knows how to get you, he knows how to pull. The strings. He knows how to probe and poke you. He knows where you are weakest. But I promise you this. When we begin to allow the Spirit of God to check us routinely with inside of us, and we say, God, listen, this here does not matter. What matters is what's going on here. Because I know everything else will follow when this is right. Because when this is right, And those things begin to creep back up into our lives. And inside of us, we are more well prepared to go into battle because before it wouldn't even become a battle. It would be a surrender. We understand that God, what? He clothes us in his righteousness, does he not? We understand that he equips us to go against the spiritual battles that come into our lives as being a follower of Him. But we must get to the place where we become desperate for God to go, Lord, look, I don't like who I am. I don't like what I have become. God, you need to change me and it needs to happen here. My life has become filthy rags. The things that people see, it's not who I truly am. Because the battleground oftentimes is, Really working hard within our minds. Within our heart, We've become to the place where sometimes we just want to go, "Lord, I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much more of this I can go I, I can go any longer because we're not going, "Lord, change us." We're thinking to ourselves, "Well, I can do this change on my own by making better choices." better decisions, clothing myself better. But watch this, the most important choice that we need to do is realize this, God, the change first must happen right here before it can ever happen here. So what we have oftentimes become is a full-time whatever you are, and I hate to say it, but a lot of times a part-time follower of Christ. We're more concerned about what the reputation might be, what our rapport is. We're more concerned about how people see us. Because watch, watch this. Well, God will forgive me. I'll get, I'll get around to that later. God, God understands. After all, he created me, so he knows my weaknesses. I'm saying things that are true here. Whether you aim in me or not, I know God's probably aiming in me right now. It's probably going, come on, pastor. At least I like to think that anyway, all right? Man, we got some stuff, don't we? Some of you have been carrying around some baggage for far too long. Why? Because we get so caught up in everyone else that we sometimes end up forgetting about our own situations. Or it hurts so bad, we just plain simply choose to ignore it. I don't want to open that bag. I don't want to open that mess up because it's going to cause me to hurt. And it's better for me to allow it to sit there than it is to deal with it. Watch this. You don't have to deal with it. All you have to do is go, God, this is my mess. I need this changed. I need you to help me change this stuff. I need you to begin to work inwardly inside of me because God, I'm not liking who I am. I'm not liking the product of my choices and my decisions. It becomes so difficult for us to get to that place. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins simply doesn't do this. What? Prosper. Can I ask you, outwardly expression here, who would love to prosper? Amen. Amen. Come on now, they'll be bashful. I'm going to ask that again. Who in the world would love to prosper? Well, the scripture clearly tells you don't conceal the sins. Because whoever does, what? Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Now, we look at prosperity, and I say this all the time. I'm not a prosperity, I don't, I don't preach that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not, that's, that's not my thing. All right? I'm giving you Jesus. Because that's the most important thing. But, but I will say this when we allow God to be that central focus within our lives and to begin the changes here, our outlook, our wants, our desires, what happens? They begin to change. So what you once enjoyed and wanted no longer is, and now new things begin to birth out of you. I, wow. New stuff. We love new. I don't want someone's junky stuff. I want new. I want new. I want the newness of God's spirit in my life. I don't want to watch this. And, and here's what happens. Watch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt you here. I'm going to probe you. I'm going to make fun of you a little bit because we go. Um, I, I'm, I'm a long generation of Christ followers, and that, that, that's going to work for me. I've been. Talking about that a little bit recently. That's going to be okay. You know, the relationship that my grandparents had is eventually, you know, eventually I'm going to get to that. And that's going to be, I don't want someone else's blessing. I don't want someone else's spirit. I want what God intended for me. I don't want to ride someone else's coattails spiritually. I want you to put your own coat on, clothed in righteousness. Clothed in purity. Clothed in the what? Things of God. Hmm. There's a gap between what we show and who we are. So here's what I got for you. We don't close that gap with perfection. I missed a verse for you. It's Psalms 139, and this is what it says. Search me, God. And what know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts i'm extremely anxious anybody else anxious i look if it breaks down i want it fixed now right absolutely that's how i am i'm i'm made that way all right if if something's broke let's get it fixed now i don't want to wait till tomorrow no 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 because then it's going to bother me in my mind we got to get this taken care of. Now watch this. He says, we don't, cl- w- go back to that scripture. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. This is a great scripture daily to live by as you start your day. God, search me. What's wrong here? What's not working out? What, what, what is what is ugly about me spiritually, God? God, change me. Search my ways. If it's not good, if it's not pleasing in your eyes, God, it's gotta go. It's gotta get out of here. I, I don't know how else to say it. You've gotta get to a spot where you what? You're hungering and thirsting after that. You've got to get to a place where you realize, Lord, there is some messed up s- s- things in me. And God, these things need to change. So we don't close the gap with perfection because you're not perfect and you're never going to be perfect. You're always going to look back and go, I need that to change about me. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going, if you ever get to the spot where you go, there's nothing about me that needs to be changed, I'm good. No, you're not. we got a bigger issue here. A large one. We should never get to that spot where we go, Lord, there's nothing wrong with me. Continually, we should be going, God, search me, because there's stuff in me that I am not liking. There's thoughts, there's actions, there's lifestyle that's just simply not appropriate. God, fix me, change me, and it's gotta happen here. It's gotta happen here. What I love is it's not difficult. It's not that hard for us because we close the gap with Christ. That's where it all comes to. That's where we close it. You know, you come in here and God, thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, I just love you. And God, I praise you. But then we leave the place and can you believe what they were? you believe what they smelled like at church today? Do you know what I heard? Do you know what I saw on Facebook, social media? We need to close that gap. That's got to stop. We need to get to the place where, Lord, I'm focusing here with me inwardly and going, God, what needs to be different? What needs to change? I want you to stand with me this morning. can know this that we don't change that gap we don't close it through our outward behavior we close it with Jesus he is what? he is righteous he is our source Jesus is full of healing power he's our redeemer, he's our redemption he's the one who brings forgiveness we close the gap with not the outward behavior but we change and we close the gap with the inner decision of saying, Lord, change me. So what would Jesus undo within his church? He would undo hypocrisy. He would undo those things that cause us to look at others. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing one thing, but living another. Saying one thing, but acting out another. You want that changed. My, my thought to you today is, when's the last time you said, Lord, search me? Change me. These anxious thoughts, these behaviors, these things about me, Lord, this has got to change. When is the last time you've truly done that? Look, we're supposed to be concerned about one another. I get that. But you also need to be concerned about what's going on with you and what's happening here. What would Jesus undo? Would he undo that in your life? Well, absolutely he would. Does he want to undo that in your life? Absolutely he does. Are you willing to let him undo that in your life? Well, that's your decision. That's up to you today. I want to pray this prayer real fast with you. Father, I love you. God, these next few moments are tall telling moments, God, of where we are and what we want you to do. And really simply, Lord, how serious we are with you. Because God, I truly believe we all have things within our lives that cause us to have this attitude of hypocrisy within us. We're so quick to find the fault in others that we often fail to see the messed up situations within our own lives. God, I know today that that must happen inwardly. So my prayer is that we can break down these barriers, these walls, Lord, that we have formed. Because, Lord, we we built these to protect ourselves. But truly, Lord, they're only harming us. God, we got to say, Lord, here I am, fully exposed before you. Change me. God, you be the potter. I'll be the clay. Form me, Lord, to exactly how you intended me to be. So, God, challenge us through that today. You know, before we can allow God to do these types of works within us, we first must come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. We must first get to the place where we can go, Lord, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to change me. I want I want you, Lord, to be my master, my king. So every about every I close this morning, I want to challenge that to those of you today who don't know who Jesus is. Maybe he's not. Maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe today you simply just want to go, I need a new start. I get what you're saying, Pastor. I need this. I've got fault. If that's you today, I want you to slip up your hand. I see those hands, those. I see that one. I see that one. See that one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that's just moving in people's lives. Let's pray this prayer together, all of us, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. You paid the ultimate price for me. And today, Lord, I dedicate my life to you. Save me. Heal me. Change me. Deliver me, Lord. From this day forward, I will serve you and only you. You are my God. You are my master. You are my king. And Lord Jesus, I love you. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not done. I'm not done because I don't want us to be a body of Christ that others could look at and go, I don't want to be a part of them because they're hypocrites. They're full of hypocrisy. You know, Jesus actually gave a a word similar to it in the Greek. It's, uh, I want to get this right, hypocrites. Cupocrites. and it's surely just meaning being portraying what you are not I don't want us to be a church that is portraying what we are not I want us to be a church that portrays who we are in the body of Christ that we are living the life the best we can doing the best to make the right decisions every day to live a wholesome life spiritually, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. When people see us, they see something different, not a mixture of society, but they see people trying their best to live for Jesus. what I want to do this morning, I'm opening this altar up to you. This is an opportunity for you to come forward today. Whatever those struggles are, and they're very real in our lives, I want you to come forward. God is speaking to our hearts. God's spirit is wanting to change, wanting to encourage. Some of you have been feeling spiritually filthy. Let God just begin to wash that off. Let God just move where you when you leave this place this morning you go you know what i'm a brand new person i'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. the sacrifice of the perfection of that Lamb is why i can have a home in eternity with jesus so i'm going to open this up to you anybody wants to come down pray do so these guys are going to sing something and have a moment of worship right where you're at